Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. Uh, so honored to be here today. Uh, before we get started in introducing our guest, I want to thank DreamChasers.com for the sponsorship of the podcast. Thank you so much, Adam Carswell and Miss Kristen Folk. How are you doing today? Awesome, Lenny. Christine over here in South Florida. And, you know, it's gorgeous in Miami. Yeah, we know. We always have to deal with y'all. You know, they always said to me, if 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 the weather's bad in Miami, then we need to start worrying. That's what they <laughs> always say to me. And so when you when you look on a map, it's like, oh, down here. And it's like, oh, it's perfect. And then, you know, in the middle, zero sometimes. So, uh, you know, what I like to do with my guests is I like to let them kind of tell their story where they want to go from there. And then we'll get going. Excellent. Well, I am Christine Fluke, Urbanized Properties, Commercial Real Estate here in Florida. I have been in real estate since 2004, so I've gone through a few peaks and a few valleys. And um, I have also been investing in real estate as far as single family homes, fix and flips for seven years. And I'm also an LP in an opportunity located in Dallas. And I have been focusing on, since COVID, networking. And that's kind of how you and I connected. Mm -hmm. I saw that you were doing some amazing things here on social media, especially on Instagram. And I said, oh my gosh, I've got to connect with this guy. I mean, he is in Texas, where my family's from. I mean, I went to high school in Houston. So Mm -hmm. I've got to see what's going on with this cowboy. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, then you and I've just been kind of hanging out on different other social media platforms. And you were here actually the end of last year. And we got a chance to meet up for a brief moment there up mm-hmm. in Boca. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, my family's from Texas. We're all kind of spread out. I've got a brother in Kansas City. I've got a sister in Boston, Wimberley, Texas. Yep. Mm-hmm. Bronzeville. And I'm over here in Miami. Yeah. So at first, I want to focus on the broker stuff. I talk to a lot of agents that are, let's say, single family residents. Um, you know, I don't know if you got your career started in that, but but there is it is a different beast altogether to be a, a multifamily broker, especially in a Florida market that I would imagine stays, you know, fluctuates, but stays pretty hot. So what attracted you towards the, the multifamily space when you got, when you got started in real estate? Great question. I actually did start in residential and I grew into commercial and multifamilies, my top asset class out of the commercial space asset types. I was working at that time with a broker that did a lot of multifamily and land deals. And that's how I learned. I started out small, um, selling anywhere between five and say 20 units. And I just kind of gravitated to multifamily. I started, you know, obviously learning rent rolls, income and expenses, how to underwrite and 
create value within the multifamily asset type. I recently, as of last year, about August, the end of summer, sold a 90-unit building here in Miami. Mm-hmm. And it was a 1031 exchange buyer. I actually had the relationship with the seller. And uh, the 1031 buyer agent reached out and said, hey, I need some help locating a property to put this buyer in. Can you help me out? And started working away. At that time, it was uh, pre-COVID. So retail was another asset type this buyer was looking for, but then COVID hit and everything changed and retail fell off of the uh, options. So I was able to put that 1031 buyer into this property and I knew the owner. So it was a good match. Uh, One of the things that I do here at Urbanized Properties is we tend to work on a lot of off-market properties and that's an advantage that we've been able to provide our clients and obviously cultivating agent relationships throughout the years working with the right people and knowing that when you show up, that your work, that they're going to take you serious. And, and this is something that I preach and something that I, I love that you do. In essence, when you're working an off-market deal, it's not so obvious, right? Like there's meaning like, especially when you come from a, an equity debt world in 1031 exchanges and all that stuff, they have a money, <laughs> let's say it's cash or debt that's sitting there and they need to place it. And so you have to kind of, I don't, I, maybe not be creative is the word I'm looking for, but you have to understand that like a lot of people, they're trying to search for a deal, but typically the the buyer that you were working with is telling you, this is what I need. And then you will go out and find it, not the other way around. Correct? Right. Correct. I actually have another gentleman that I'm working on as far as at 1031. I actually toured his property. It was a 73 unit building in Fort Lauderdale. And I toured the property in 2018. Back then, the price was, let's just call it X. Mm-hmm. And I reached out to him just the end, well, towards the end of last year, let's just call it last quarter. And the price is like $4 million higher. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> yeah, he had a New York group that uh, came in and bid over asking. And I'm actually helping him locate a 1031 for, you know, for him to place the money. He's working on a couple of 7-Elevens throughout South Florida and also the West Coast of Florida. So I've been in touch with him to help him uh, find a 1031. So, yeah. So for anybody that doesn't understand that kind of the basic breakdown of what a 1031 is, because that's interesting. And maybe I already knew that, but I didn't notice it. So you can exchange that into commercial assets, meaning gas stations as well. It doesn't have to be a multifamily, correct? Correct. It can be any asset. And yeah, and you have a you have a 90 day window to identify and put those properties on, on what they call it, maybe on an identification list. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to close in 90 days. You just have to identify. And so correct. It doesn't have to be just multifamily. It can be triple net. It can be industrial. Yeah. And, and so is it is it have to be it does it have to be greater or equal to value? Uh, equal to equal to, and yeah. that's a way for you to defer uh, taxes that you would occur. And then, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially a lot of people that I talk to, they kind of do that their whole life. And and yeah. so, and so when they 1031 exchange into another building, can they then, let's say they paid off the other building because of, of gains they got, can they use that 
equity in, in the project to, to maybe pull out a loan or, or do other stuff? Or is it always tied into the asset? Do you know anything about that? I can't answer that specifically. Um, I kind of leave that up to the attorney's side. Yes. Of, uh, that. Yeah. Mine is just more like, Hey, can you find me the property to match for it? And, you know, obviously get a good return. I mean, a lot of yeah. things right now, or, I mean, look, you can go to the West coast, um, Austin and get, you know, seven to 9% returns on say like a dollar general or family dollar mm. uh, here in South Florida, you know, you're somewhere between a four and a half and maybe a five and a half. Sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, what about like when you're indicating buildings for clients, when you're looking for things like, what are the clients telling you that they're looking for? Like, I know the market always changes, but but kind of if you could give a basic overview of kind of what they're looking for uh, that they want to see. Here in South Florida, as far as like kind of a general thing, yeah, mm-hmm. most people are looking for over a six cap. I would say, um, mm-hmm. you know, even up to an eight. Mm-hmm. Um, it just all depends on the asset type. And... I mean, their budget obviously is, is a factor as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I have somebody that's looking for under a million and I have people that are looking up to, I have a client that, you know, buys things up to a hundred million a year. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always trying to hustle yeah. and get in front of him and bring him the yeah. opportunity. Yeah. Of course, being a boutique firm here, urbanized properties, you know, we have to beat out JLL, Cushman and Wakefield, Marcus and Millichap. But we also, you know, through the years, we've created relationships with a lot of these groups as well. So we can reach out to them and, you know, call and say, Hey, we've got a request or, Hey, we've got a 1031 buyer. What do you have? So that that's been great. But again, you definitely have to hustle in this market right now. Things are really moving pretty quickly, even in the residential side. Mm -hmm. I have a client that I'm actually working with trying to help them buy a house and I'm even offering full price and I'm getting beat out. I'm not even in the top 10. Yeah, so I think this is a nationwide thing that's going on right now. It's just a lack of inventory. I heard yesterday from an agent in California that they had a house that has 177 offers on it. <laughs> hey, listen, my niece works in the New Bronzeville area. Yeah, and had a listing and it sold for almost ninety thousand over the asking. So price. somebody sent out a report yesterday of the last ten closings in Austin, Texas, and the average over asking. Close price was $170,000. It's just, wow. Wave, wave inspections, wave appraisals, no option period. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Contingencies out the door for sure. There's that's, a, why, know, that's why we're moving into the construction space. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Looking for land for sure. Yeah, yeah. And land's, uh, land's a big thing right now. You know, I've worked with many developers here in South Florida that they want to land banks, you know, so they, you know, they get the land and um, they'll, they'll get it entitled or uh, they'll just hang on to it, you know, sell it at a different time. See, this is something that nobody talks about. And I don't think I've ever talked about on this process, on this, on this podcast. And I don't Yeah. Because there is an art to getting the land, scraping it, getting it entitled with the right codes and then selling it. Nobody knows about this. So how does that work? Oh, of course. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I was working on something last year. It was a development site near an area called Dania Beach, and it was zoned for 302 units. And the owner actually bought the land a couple of years ago and got it entitled and was looking to sell it. What Mm -hmm. I was running across and the feedback that I was getting from the developers 
was that the unit sizes were just a little bit too small based on what uh, the market range you could get. So you've got to kind of compare apples to apples when it comes to the unit sizes when you are, you know, getting these entitled and trying to support what the market, you know, per square foot rents you could get. So that was the issue that I was running into. It's like the seller was at X price, the buyer was at X price based on the entitlements and the square footage of the unit. So yeah, for sure. Getting the properties entitled definitely shaves off a lot of time for the new developer to come in and not have to deal with the hassle of the city codes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because there's not there's you know I've asked around there's not a lot of resources on learning city codes and stuff. It's you kind of just have to get in and you have to kind of study the CAD, study the things. You know, we're we're about to buy a property with nine lots on it. And, and it's like, you know, it's like, you've got to do your own homework per se, but I promise you, if you do your own homework down the road, yeah, down the road, you're going to learn more. And, 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 you know, it's interesting, right? Cause San Antonio, where I own some of my properties is a very, I, I deem them to be kind of easy to deal with uh, opposed to like an Austin, Texas, but like the city, like the city development center or whatever you want to call it, county clerk's office is actually very good resource if you if you have your information that you need answered up front like that's great because let me tell you they can definitely be of help to you and if obviously you hit them up many times enough then you create a relationship with them yeah well they'll you know answer your questions right away that's great Mm -hmm. that's great san antonio is a great market so i want to ask you a question then because i want to talk on that because i you know you're good with relationships like what value do you put on relationships in the real estate space Oh man, that's an awesome question. And I would say a lot, (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, like recently connecting with you. I mean, you and I've been hovering around each other now for Mm -hmm. about mm, six or eight months. Mm -hmm. And so I've hit you up on different opportunities that I've come across in, in Texas. And, Mm -hmm. and so because you and I've had a few conversations and we've hit each other up and now we're here, you know, on this special time on your podcast, Now, whenever you see me, you will take my calls. You'll know that it's someone that we're creating opportunities together. So I've also been intentional, like I mentioned earlier, whenever we started this podcast, that I've just been networking and landing on people intentionally throughout the United States and not just in my backyard, because there'll be a time that maybe they do want to invest in Florida, or I might know of something in their area that I could work on. And because of those relationships, I'm able to you know, extend the process and hopefully create, you know, either transaction and, or, you know, something in the future. So anybody, anybody that let's say they're, they're getting into real estate or they're getting into real estate investing, what would you say is your top three things that they need to work on if they want to start making intentional relationships and adding value? How would they do that? First thing, learn your skills. I was kind of taught myself through a gentleman named Mike Ferry he is an old school way of doing real estate. And that's basically learning scripts, handling objections, being able to handle the phone calls and keeping sellers and or buyers on the line long enough to be able to create an opportunity either to sell their property and or, you know, represent them as a buyer. So definitely learning your skill, learning your area as far as the comps and how things are being priced per square foot, knowing, you know, when things sell. And the other thing is, yeah, would be relationships. Those are the top three things for someone new is definitely you need to learn your skills, your comps in your area and uh, relationships. 
Don't be afraid and, of. And it's interesting because people think that you need to know everything about every city, but like you literally could go know everything about two neighborhoods. Like I've seen developers and, and brokers become synonymous with an area and sell the same house 10 times, you know, like you, like, especially when you're getting started, like keep your net as small as possible and create the space necessary to retain all that information. Exactly. Exactly. Because you want to be, you know, the expert that people want to go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You want to definitely hone in on a, on a, on a few of those things and not spread yourself too far out. For sure. And, and so only if you're comfortable with sharing, but I know we've spoken about, you know, some life things that happen and, you know, you inspire me so much with your story and, and, and your outlook on life. And if you, if you wanted to share kind of some of that story, I would really appreciate the audience. I'm sure they would get a ton of value and inspiration from, from all that you've been through and and how you look so positively out on life. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I'm a cancer survivor and cancer is actually scared of me. <laughs> in January <laughs> 2019, I thought I had the flu and um, well, it wasn't the flu. <laughs> and in May of 2019, I went to the hospital thinking that I was just going to do some tests. And that's when I met my oncologist and they said that you're going to be in the hospital for the next 30 days. And we're going to start a ministering chemo. So I, um, you know, obviously I was very scared and I lent, leaned, should I say more on God and many prayer warriors in my life and many family members and friends that were there for me to uplift me and just allow me to get through that very, very difficult, very painful time in my life. Um, I, oh, I went through so much at that time and just being able to, you know, you don't even know what kind of person you're going to be until you go through that. And if they would have told me, listen, you are going to stand in the corner on one leg and you are going to have 50 people in the room and you're going to quack like a duck all day long, it wouldn't have mattered. I would have done whatever it took. And I did whatever it took to get through it. And, you know, um, I rang the bell November 15th, 2019. And that's basically whenever you finish your chemo treatments that you ring the bell. And that's kind of like your graduation, I guess, uh, ceremony. I wind up having like 20 people with me. I created a small playlist on iPod and I brought Prosecco (laughs) because I'm like, I'm not just going to go up to the bell and go ding dong. I am going to ring that thing. And I did. And I made um, a celebration out of it because I just chose to take a positive look out of it. You know, one of the things I've never done and still haven't is why me? Mm -hmm. me? And I, I still don't say why me? I just, I think about all the things that have allowed me to open up because of what I went through. And, you know, God has been in my life for many years. And before that, I had been going to church already for like six years. So he definitely took a back seat for a while, but he is very present in my life. And he's a big factor of many things that create possibilities in my life right now. I'm just really, really blessed person. 
I really am. Thank you so much for, for sharing that story. You actually answered my question was, was how you didn't say, uh, what was me? And you, you actually answered it for me because I, I think that's a very powerful outlook to take because ultimately you're not giving the power to something else. You're, you're, you're taking back the power and you're, you're keeping it for yourself because you're saying, this is where I am. This is what I'm doing. And, and we're going to get through this. And one of the things that I comment on a lot is I think a lot of people don't have true gratitude. I, I don't, I think they created a list and they check it off and it's like, okay, whatever. But I notice whether that be the cancer or how you lived previously, I noticed that you have true gratitude for, for each day. And is that something that you cultivated through that journey of, of, of doing that and, and kind of gave you a, a fresh perspective on the coming years? I've always been kind of a, I've always considered myself to be a positive person. Mm -hmm. I've always considered myself to be an upbeat person and just a driver and a go-getter. And with the help of my business partner, her name's Janet. She's actually the broker of urbanized properties. I really don't think I would be in the space of gratitude so much because she was such a big help to me. You know, obviously she had to carry the business while I was going through this. And she's also a person of God. So she helped kind of swarm and bring in the prayer warriors mm -hmm. to create a space of gratitude. Leaning on God has really, really touched my heart and allowed me to meet some new friends mm -hmm. and appreciate that space of just being in his presence. Mm. So uh, there's a lot of times in this world, especially as an entrepreneur, especially as a real estate investor, that we feel like we're alone. Like we feel like we're fighting the fight alone. And ultimately, you know, there's a lot of people out there that share the same beliefs, the same uh, thoughts, the same thing. And you have to be open to sharing your story, right? The reason this podcast is created is for people to be empowered to share their story because everybody has one. And when you share your story and you connect with like-minded people, you have no idea who's going to show up in your world in your darkest days. And so true. that's the most empowering thing of this entire conversation is, is if one person from this entire conversation gets the, the uplift that they need, you know, um, one of my, one of my good friends, uh, Dylan Slaughtery, who was on the podcast, he actually beat cancer twice at 26 and they gave him a 15% chance to live. And he said, you know, he said that he said it's wild because like the doctors told him the one doctor said, like, we don't think like, this is not going to work. And he was like, you know, fuck you. He's like, I'm going to go, yeah. he's like, I'm going to go find some doctors that believe. And so he went to the, the university of Iowa, who's like one of the best, you know, cancers. And they were like, Oh, you know, we can't promise anything, but we've got this new thing that we think. And, you know, it was hard and he tells a crazy story and it's like, but he has such a, and I have pardon my French. He has such a fuck me attitude. Like it, he, nothing's going to get him down in business and life. And it's so positive to be around that, just that, unstoppable mindset that he's cultivated on the backside of this. And I would imagine that when you're out there investing or you're hustling or you have long days that 
you know, you're so happy to be doing what you're doing. Like who cares how long, how much you're working. That is so true. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because yeah, they are long days and you know, you have to wear a lot of hats in commercial real estate and, and then on top of that, you've got personal life. Yeah. So every day I just wake up and I'm gratitude. I mean, I might not sleep as great. <laughs> I think all that changes as you get older and you realize either you need less or you need more, but definitely, um, yeah, that is a great enunciation or pronunciation or expression that you just mentioned about with your friend, mm-hmm. because I, <laughs> I did use the F-bomb quite a bit <laughs> with the doctor and he was always laughing at me but uh yeah it's one of those things that I've met so many amazing people and I still stay in touch with my nurses Mm -hmm. I reach out to them every I don't know a couple months and just say thank you for taking care of me and um sending them pictures of me you know my hair's grown back and it's coming in curly and I just let them know, you know, thank you for taking care of me or I send them a, a motivational affirmation yeah. quote or something. So, and I've also met other people that have had cancer. So we've been able to share our stories with each other. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's definitely a next level of life for me. For sure. And something I want to share, because I think you would have a unique perspective on it because a lot of you know, as we move forward in society, you know, podcasts, Instagram, Facebook, these, these avenues, LinkedIn meetups, in-person meetups for somebody that's maybe not used to it or somebody like, you know, I noticed that over time you're putting yourself out there more and more and more. And I'm sure at first it was super uncomfortable. Uh, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, I don't know if, you know, for me, it was for sure. Um, how, what advice would you give to somebody and what have you learned personally about putting yourself out there more and more? Well, being in real estate, you can't really (laughs) sell real estate and be shy. So you've got to put yourself out there. And I am not a shy person when it comes to that. Now, if you put me on the stage and I'm talking off of, you know, to a room of, you know, business people, that's a different kind of (laughs) uh, nervousness. But for me, I mean, I can I can talk to anybody at any place at any kind of time and I can walk up to anybody and just create an, a conversation. So for me, it doesn't really make me nervous about that. So if you're asking me for advice on it, maybe you have a few questions that you've got lined up that mm-hmm. you can start off with to help, you know, start your networking with this individual and, you know, maybe try to intertwine, you know, a little bit of business and a little bit of personal so you don't come off as maybe just business. Yes. Um, so that's kind of a combination I would suggest. But if you're asking this for someone new, like I said, I think you should just kind of have a few questions ready mm-hmm. to start the conversation and try to create the familiarity. And, and, and you know, somebody told me something the other day. It could be really different, too. You could be like, if you were an animal... What animal would you be? You know, just to like throw them off guard. Cause like, everybody's like, what's your favorite cap rate? And it's like, no, yeah. no, no, no. Like <laughs> I had a com- it's funny. I had a conversation last week with an investor and he's up in the Jupiter area and he just asked me out of the blue, what do you like to do for fun? And I thought that was a great question. Yeah. And lately yeah. I've been playing a lot of ping pong. <laughs> <Yeah>. I'm <laughs> happy to answer the question because it's just been such amazing weather in Miami. Yeah. I actually have a ping pong table. So it's been great weather to be able to pull it out and play. 
So no, it's the truth. Cool. It's the truth because like one of the things that I rail against is like as adults, like I think that we get very consumed with our goals and our dreams and what we want to do and understand that this like something that we were talking about last night on a podcast and something that's said in my mastermind group, like change the narrative to I get to, like I get to, I don't have to, I get to, meaning I get to have this conversation. I get to go to this meetup because here's the deal. When you show up with that attitude, your, your energy and your mind and your eye is open to opportunities instead of the other way around. I totally agree. I totally agree. And mindset to everything. And you've got a new thing that you're coming out with, yes. right? About mm-hmm. mindset. Mm-hmm. And I really, really believe and true believer of affirmations and coming across in how you talk to that drunk monkey mm-hmm. <laughs> in your mind. Absolutely. 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 For sure. And what do you do on a daily basis to keep a good mindset or a positive uh, in your in your daily routines? Great question. The Miracle Morning. Mm -hmm. That book sat on my desk for about a year and I would walk by it. And in 2019, this young lady, her name's Michelle, created the Miracle Morning group on social media, Facebook. And that was, I think, September. And I go, oh my gosh, I can be held accountable. I can join other people and then we can share. And you can do savers, you know, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercising, reading, scribing. You can do it as little as a minute. So it only takes you, you know, six to 10 minutes a day, or you can do take an hour and do savers. So that really pushed me to create the Miracle Morning. And now I'm on day 543. And... From yeah. day, <laughs> wow! From day to day, from from day five forty three and day one, what's oh, the yeah. difference? Um, being more um, conscious about intention and being more conscious about just being inside the miracle morning and how much that does start your day off right. I saw somebody else mention you could start your day off right and just be as simple as drinking a glass of water and making your bed and just doing those two wins, you're already winning for the day. Mm -hmm. And so don't forget to count those little wins throughout the day, because we do get bogged down with so many things that might not be a win, but don't forget to give yourself credit for those little wins throughout the day. And I've made a conscious effort of drinking a lot more water as I'm just running around in the morning, you know, because animals and I feed them. I'm really making an effort to drink water there, then drink water again and drink more water. And the next thing you know, I've got, you know, six glasses in and it's just the first hour of the day. So. No, I agree. It's, I want think it's one of the bigger issues in America. And I know it sounds so trite to say that, but I don't think people drink enough water. Like, I totally am. Yep. And I just make a conscious effort. I actually did a, I did a, um, I don't know if we went to a contest or something with a friend of mine and said, okay, you know, we're holding each other accountable to drink the eight glasses and we would check in throughout the day. And uh, yeah, it was a little, I guess, contest or, you know, challenge. Yeah. You yeah could, we did game, it throughout the whole month. Gamify life, just gamify life. And I promise you, you'll have fun with it. Create little Love things, win the day. Life. Yeah, I know. Awesome. It's amazing. And so if people want to find out more about what you got going on, urbanize, how would they find out about all the good stuff that you have going on? Excellent. 
Christine Fluke Urbanize Properties, K-R-I-S-T-I-N-E at urbanizeproperties.com. I'm at 305-318-6366. Also, urbanizeproperties.com is my website. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, Facebook, all that fun stuff. I cannot even think about joining Clubhouse. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> that's a drug that that's I have. I have that, broken up. I have broken up, got divorced from, remarried. Yeah, it's a it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Awesome, man. I've had so much fun. You know, I'm a Texas girl at heart. Yeehaw! Yes. Yes. I can't wait. We need to. Like there should be uh, like a Texan package that we create for everybody when they come here. Like you have to get your starting <laughs> like boots. Like a welcome package. I know, yeah, right? Like a welcome I saw package. that you recently did uh, an event there. Um, was it in the Hill Country or where? Was yeah, it? we we did one in we did one in Driftwood at my buddy's winery and in, in, in Dukeman Winery, and then we have um, we actually have our biggest one of the year in Nashville um, on May fourteenth and fifteenth. We've got. Uh, I think Bruce Peterson's going to speak. Tyler Coble, who's a developer. We've got Mike Trefelli from uh, Rayan is going to talk about underwriting. My buddy's going to talk about social media marketing. We've got uh, property management. We got a construction company. We have uh, luxury Airbnbs. So yeah, it's going to be a wild time. It's all free, and uh, we're just gonna we're just gonna make it happen. And and I'm looking forward to it. And it's it's kind of nice to have it like right in the middle of the country because it seems like most people can make it. So, um, but yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I love um, I love the South Florida market. I love what Florida's about. There's so much opportunity. It's it's amazing. So it is. Um, it is. There's yeah. lots of uh, properties that are uh, selling and moving, and it's it's a mixture of things. I would say the top two is multifamily and industrial. Yeah. No, for sure. And and so it's interesting and we'll get out of here on this. You got to understand that the, that the way people are living is changing too, especially being able to work remotely. So people might be more inclined to grab a condo, an apartment in Miami, a second home, a third home, when they might spend three months out of the year. I know that's our plan moving forward, starting in the summer is to spend about two, three months in Utah, Florida, around. And so, you know, people need to understand that because of this, it's going to change the way that real estate is bought as well, too. Absolutely. Don't Absolutely. you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I get a lot of requests for people that want to buy second condos. They're looking for that Airbnb option. Mm -hmm. So you've got to definitely make sure you match the right uh, condo building that allows that. So Mm, for sure that in Miami beach, call your HOAs because they'll, (laughs) they run the world. So guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Austin. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on -on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.